All right, the stone idol on the wall is beginning to bleed from its eyes, and it is demanding another podcast. So, <laughs> welcome to Just Hand Stuff. I am Richard Lee. Oh, I'm Pearl Lamb. And I'm Kimmy Rutledge. Kimmy's back! <laughs> Our best guest star! I'm back. We, we figured out the transportation. Uh, this definitely isn't being recorded right after the other one. We flew her out. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we just flew her yeah. around. She just we just needed yeah. some yeah. air time. Stayed in the air while Stayed they were the editing. Yeah. yeah, So Kimmy, why don't you tell us a horrible secret that you were hoping to take to the grave? Meet me at the obelisk at nine p.m. and I'll show you where the bodies are. Which obelisk? Well, you know the damn one. <laughs> Pearl, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Pearl, the obelisk. <laughs> the obelisk. God damn it! The obelisk. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to need a moment. Surrounded Jesus. by idiots here. <laughs> fucking obelisk. I should have gone, I should have gone to medical school, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Today's topic is a fun one. Drug experiences. Getting high on life, but cutting it up with some coke and a hint of ketamine? Even better. Allegedly. Uh, so grab your... <laughs> So grab your spoons, lighters, and rubber tubes, because we're doing hand stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I rate these at like one in the morning. <laughs> All right, cool. So today's first-hand drug experience, allegedly, is pearls. Okay, thank you for passing me the baton. Yes, um, uh, I'm handing you the, the speaking baton. Yes. It's, ooh, it's, it's, uh, it's squishy. Yeah. And, and warm. That's the squishy warm end. This is the cold rough uh, end. Ah, yes. <laughs> we love a spectrum. Um, okay, allegedly. So I'm going to tell the story of, I mean, I'm going to stop saying allegedly because it's going to get very annoying, but basically this is the story of my most memorable psychedelic experience. And it's very much tied to what we talked about last episode Ooh. with spirituality so mm. um but for some context like i don't usually have good trips like the first time i ever did acid i was in britain and it was i was like in this dorm room for 10 hours and it was raining and i did it with this girl that i knew for like two months and this guy that i just met and this guy's name he was like this british dude named toby and we just kept making eye contact like periodically throughout the trip and then looking away and then that was like the only time i ever saw toby so i think there might have been a couple factors into that trip that could have led to a negative experience new environment new human being you know nothing about being trapped inside of a dorm room you know in a bad weather new drug new drug new everything yeah new everything. toby Toby. Toby. Toby's great. I don't want to harp on Toby, but like, yeah. It, we love Toby. We love Toby. Toby was new. and didn't really know him. Um, sorry, go ahead. I was just opening my mouth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great gaping hole you got there, Richard. <laughs> nice hole. <laughs> nice hey, hole. Hey, that hole? Nice. <laughs> Prima <Aruga>. hole. <laughs> uh, and like the most recent time I did shrooms, I was like... I was backpacking and I like was having such a bad time. I like crawled into my tent and just shivered for like three hours and tears were like leaking out of my oh, eyes. Shit. And my visual, like the visuals I got were like poop and pee related. <laughs> mm. 
Like, it was a bad time. It was weird. Um, I think it's what I needed. But anyways, the most memorable one I ever had was, this was three years ago, I was in crutches in a cast. Um, usually, like, I like being able to walk around, but I was, like, confined to a chair. I had broken my ankle, and I was on Woodby Island with a couple of high school friends. And... You would be. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> We need like a little stinger every time that yes. happens. Yeah. Like a... I think I would, I would, I would start to like it. <laughs> One of my fantasies is to tell a joke so bad someone literally kills me. <laughs> <laughs> like sexual fantasy? I don't yeah. think there's anything sexual. It's existential. But it's, like mm. to tell a dad joke so bad it fills someone with enough like murderous rage to actually take another man's life. <laughs> the ultimate high. <laughs> Well, I can't, I'm not going to say I can't wait for that day, because obviously I don't want you to die, but I hope that fantasy is fulfilled. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get there one day. Always a bridesmaid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, brain broken. I don't even know what to say to that. Okay. (laughs) But basically, I was on Woodby Island, and uh, on crutches, and I was like really unwell at this time. I was just living at home. Pan- it was like the pandemic too. And um, my journal entries I went through and looked back, it was just like, I am sad or like, this is so hard or like, I hate life. Stuff like that, you know? But so, props to you for still writing in your journal. I know. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only thing that kind of kept me sane. So I was reading a lot of Buddhist books also. And like, they made sense, but they didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, there's like, du- there's no duality, like birth and death mm-hmm. are interconnected. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then I don't remember most of the trip. I just remember like crying a lot. I was like thinking about my parents and like, cause my aunt had just passed away also. And like a lot of death and like fear of death. And then all of a sudden my friend was like putting on some chakra cleansing music. And then I was on the couch just meditating and like 20 minutes later i literally just felt enlightened kind of what you were describing last episode like tears of joy like i my eyes were closed but like it just felt like a wide expanse of light and love and warmth and like everything i had read made so much sense like non-duality and like i was like birth and death do not exist and like i'm like what the fuck does that mean now but in the moment i was like holy shit i wrote in my journal i was like i am the buddha like i am the buddha i am the man Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i like looked into myself for guidance and like everything just made so much sense and then i came down and then it didn't make any more sense and Mm -hmm. i've been chasing that fueling ever since yeah. yeah. Okay, you and me allegedly, we're gonna go on a retreat and allegedly do some shrooms and allegedly have like a spiritual trip. Allegedly. I would love to trip sit you allegedly. I'm kind of scared, but let's do it. And you're yeah. more than welcome to come. Yeah. Would you, you like to come too? Allegedly. allegedly. Yeah. I, would, I, would love, I would love to have you there. I just, allegedly I know you're, you're busier, but yeah, let's do it. But like, I, you also, if you're interested, I just found out I was accepted into like, it's not like an application. It's just first come first serve. Um, like a 10 day silent meditation retreat. And those things are fucking hardcore. You wake up at four and then you meditate for two hours and then you eat, you meditate for four hours, you eat, you meditate for four hours and then you drink tea. Like how much is that? That sounds amazing. It's free. Um, I'll send you the link. Can I do extra credit on top of it? I, I wanted to try this thing. I don't know how I would actually fully be able to do it, but, um, I wanted to try like a 10 day like meditation retreat where every two days I remove one of my senses. 
Ooh. Yeah, and just see what the fuck comes out on the other end, you know? Just get like, so like one day, like after two days, like maybe I wear like a blindfold so I can't see for the rest of it. I, I was thinking originally about doing this in like a nylon tent in the wilderness for 10 days on my own. <laughs> but then like, you know, like I guess removing taste by like eating just bland foods and stuff. And then I think some of the stuff kind of already happens in a silent retreat, but I just want to see what would happen if like you take away your senses for a bit, like it would give you a whole new appreciation when you got it back. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I mean, that that's retreat, good. that's something I've been wanting to do. Yeah. The just Yes. I'll send silence. you the link. It's great. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to let you do that, honestly. Yeah. But... <laughs> they be like, sir, please, please stop. Please, please take that ball us. gag out of your mouth, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was it. Yeah, it was so weird. I just was like, I felt, I was like, just to be alive. This is, sounds so fucking No, no this is like, all Just incredible. to be alive yeah. is like a miracle. Because mm-hmm. I'm always scared of going blind. I have really bad eyes. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. during that, that trip I was like I could go blind and it's a possibility and I'd be totally fine being alive and like because I was like sitting and my leg was broken and I was like I this sucks but like it's I'm still alive and there's like an incredible feeling in Mm -hmm. that yeah yeah death is inevitable it happens to everybody (laughs) so but life is the gift like we what the good days the bad days like we only get this once as far as we know so we might as well enjoy it YOLO. Yeah. YOLO, gang, gang. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. I, I feel like the I've had a similar experience, and it's the come down, I think, is the roughest, or the feeling of, how do I get back to that feeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The come down for me is motivation to work on my life so the next time I do it and the next time I'm coming down, it's better. Hmm. Because I think sometimes with the come down, it, you that when you're getting back to reality, it's like, what am I doing? Why am I in this place in my life? I have had positive come downs, or like you know, after you hit the peak and you're like coming back, it's just like, no, I'm actually like really happy where I am in life right now. Yeah. I think that is attainable, and I think sometimes that's why it, drugs don't have to be a one and done thing. They don't have to be like a thing you you. I don't think you should do it all the time, but I think sometimes it's I like to treat it spiritually. Yeah. Where you take it to have this out of like intense, almost enlightening experience, and then what are you gonna do after that? It's like I I truly believe in that moment you did become the Buddha. We can all achieve that stuff. It's just kind of a shortcut. And then the real question is, what are you doing after enlightenment? What are you mm-hmm. doing with it? I like to think of it sometimes as like a quarterly report. That's how I tune in with myself again. Is like shed the ego, shed like everything, and then when I'm coming back into my own self, is like, am I truly happy with what I'm doing? where I'm at, and if not, what can I do to get to a place where I have that? It isn't necessarily a, like a physical thing. Sometimes it's a mindset thing. I really like that, yeah. I like that outlook. You're See? so wise. Sh- <laughs> uh, fart jokes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's me. That's deep. Yeah. I'm passing it on to Kimmy. Right. Here's the baton. Thank it's uh, It's... Three pronged. If it fleshy. begins to throb more than half a second, uh, you should probably toss it. Okay. If it starts to ooze. <laughs> oh, that um. means you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> the ooze is a positive. <laughs> okay, so I have a secondhand drug story that isn't very spiritual, is a bit more of a cautionary tale. Oh, I love those. I love yeah. a cautionary drug tale. <laughs> of hard drugs. I'm gonna censor people's names just just in case. But my friends recently 
went out on a camping trip. Uh, not really camping, but they went to a friend's cabin for a surprise engagement party. And I think it might have been like seven to seven, seven-ish people. And there were going to be some recreational casual drug use there, maybe some molly weed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a few different friend groups that were there. One of the friend groups uh, did a lot more drugs than the other ones and were a little bit more, I got the impression, they were more closed off about the drugs that they were using. So they weren't really disclosing which drugs they were using. I think everyone else was mostly staying on the shroomy, weedy side of drugs. And it seemed like they were on... We don't have confirmation, but from what happened, it seemed like a meth or crack air, you know, area. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so the vibes were insane. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to visualize like the two parties. Yeah, it's like, woo, vibe check. So, They were hanging out one night. It was, I think, after the proposal happened. So they were celebrating, and they were all going to dress up and just drink and celebrate because she said yes. That'd be so awkward if she said no. (laughs) She said yes, and so everyone's like, turn up. And one of the people in the group who it seemed like they were huddling a lot and doing some sort of hard drug uh, started to act very paranoid. And it was someone that most of my friends that I'm friends with, they didn't really know. It was more of a mutual friend of the other friend group. He came with his partner and he started to get really aggressive and paranoid. And then he started out of nowhere. He started to jump up and scream and he was getting in a fight with his partner. And they were getting into this very verbal almost physical fight because he was convinced that all of my friends were trying to sex traffic him, but in a really serious way. He thought genuinely it was a, it was a psychotic episode. So he was breaking with reality and was starting to get really fearful and paranoid. And then he started to think because his partner was trying to calm him down He started to think his partner was in on it, trying to traffic him. So he started freaking out. And my friends were trying to figure out what drugs he was on. But there wasn't really any disclosure of that. And he is yelling at everyone, um, physically threatening people, trying to get weapons. uh, Because he thinks he's getting kidnapped. And then he runs out and is screaming for help, basically out of the cabin, running, screaming for help. And my friend has to get in a car and start, they have to find him because he's out in the dark and he's screaming at neighbors really to save him. Mm -hmm. And so my friend has to get in the car and then he thinks that she's an evil witch and- um, She's just a, she's a normal witch. She's a normal witch. She's a beautiful witch. She's a crystal witch. witch. Yeah, she's a gem goddess, but not an evil witch. 
Which later she was like, hey. <laughs> it was like, and then an evil witch tried to run me over. Not anyone who uses blood magic is inherently evil. It's effective. Exactly. So they finally got him back and he literally called a lawyer. He got like a lawyer on the phone and was bas- was trying to um, threaten legal... Tra- but the, of course the lawyer was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I guess mm-hmm. he had a lawyer... So he even got, um, because he was so scared that he was like, these people are trying, what do I do? Mm -hmm. How do I press charges? It was just like a complete break in reality. And it was really, really terrifying. And then Mm -hmm. I think he and his partner left early the next day. I think he came too. But I think there was a lot more that happened. Oh, we were leaving already? But we were having so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming. It was was great meeting you. Always a pleasure. Please come back. (laughs) So I heard that and I was like, oh my god, that is... It's so scary how um, easy it is to break with reality when you... I don't know what their history with mental illness is. I don't even Mm -hmm. really know the person. This is just my friends telling me this after the fact. It's scary. What was the aftermath? Well, they were there for a few more days. I think... It was mostly just cycle. Like, everyone just was a little bit, I think, thrown off by the energy, obviously. But also, I think some of my friends were annoyed. Yeah, that really kills the mood. But also, mental health is a, a serious issue, especially when you lose grasp on reality. Yeah. I don't think a proposal is the time to start experimenting with harder drugs. And it, it could have not necessarily been anything particularly hard, but, like, something that just kind of triggered, like the stuff that was kind of lying there already. Yeah. But also, like, I guess, how old How old are these people? They're around my age. You would think around, like, 25. I think that's when friends can grow apart. We start entering, like, different stages in life. When one friend always gets shit-faced and can't take care of himself, then it, other people don't want to take care of you all the time, you know? Yeah. I don't even know who the person... I couldn't even tell you who this person is. Because mm-hmm. I heard it I heard it secondhand, and I don't even know if my friends know the status Jeez. of them. I think... I hope they're fine, but it, yeah, it's scary stuff. Mm-hmm. I have experienced... I think being in the creative space, we kind of run into it more, but like s- manic episodes that like kind of are on the psychotic, like the psychosis mm-hmm. side. Like I've lost some good friends to just losing all grasp on reality. And I think that's one of my biggest fears, which is why I try to surround myself with people I trust. So in the case that like I I have a wrong opinion or a wrong mindset about something, I highly encourage all my friends to like tell me otherwise, to be like, hey, no, um, yeah, check yourself, buddy. Yeah. I, I don't fully agree with this. And mm. then I would give it a second thought. And yeah. then I'd be like, no, I am God. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of empathy for the person who went through that because they were so like they were genuinely scared and thought they mm-hmm. were trafficked. So they they were trying to protect themselves. Yeah, that's scary and also scary for the for my friends yeah. who were like being told they were trafficking someone. Yeah. But other than while that, on I was drugs the too. Party. Yeah, and this yeah. was an engagement. <laughs> party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which That's, is an insane backdrop. Yeah. You have to basically wait for the drugs or whatever is happening to subside. Yeah. Because you can't fully talk to that person. Otherwise, it's it's also just a deep inconvenience. Like, I guess we could all hang out in one room, but that might just exacerbate your paranoia. 
we want you to have the agency to leave, but we also don't trust you to, like, not be a danger to yourself right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, so dark. <laughs> I think, yeah, good warning. Drugs, you, you have to be able to self-regulate. Don't peer peer pressured into doing anything that you're not sure about. It's important, especially if you experiment with this stuff. Have your own agency. Listen to yourself. Always sort of have a backup exit strategy if, like, you feel like you might be put in a situation where you might be uncomfortable because people are doing, like, a really hard drug and you don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, mm -hmm. like, intent and intention with, with use. Yeah. yeah. I completely forgot to write a third-hand experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to level with you. Okay, this is my third hand. Uh, I feel like sometimes there's a connection between, like, after recovering from heroin addiction... You get really into Christianity or like becoming a pa want to become a pastor. I don't exactly know why that's the case. Interesting. I think also you can say that for a lot of different spiritual modalities. Yeah. Um, I think kind of replacing one high with another. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I don't want to bag on all, you know, spirituality and religion, but I do think that it it. There are some organizations or some that sort of frame it in a way of mm -hmm. we can lift you out of sin or we can lift you out of a bad place and we can be a crutch for you. Um, and so I've seen that, too, where a lot yeah. of former addicts or, you know. Okay, I think this is my stance is whatever you believe, I think you should also welcome discourse or like, I guess people, your your beliefs should be able to withstand challenge. If someone's like, hey, what if it's this? not like, you know, I'm going to kill you if you believe this, but like you should be open to other schools of thought because I think anything worth a darn in believing to be true can like withstand that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you don't truly believe it. That's fair. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. I like for many years now, I've been really interested in absurdist philosophy, and I don't mm. know if you all are familiar with I that. I am a 100% absurdist. <laughs> Great, <laughs> yeah, I, I like love that. Philosophy. So like... There's the whole, I mean, Camus always talks about, like, Camus always talks about, like, <laughs> philosophical suicide. Yo, and no, per, yeah. I fuck with Camus. No, Camus yeah, you fuck great. Camus. Yeah, I've only right. read The Stranger, but I do oh, like his teachings. So yeah, that yes. really good. I watched a YouTube video about Camus. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you are the expert, yes. Um, but he talks about, like, philosophical suicide and mm -hmm. any type of spirituality, religion, modality, like, and drugs as... A means of escape from the absurd mm. so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that's all that makes sense <laughs> yeah. life has meaning because we give it meaning also, okay i i do actually have a third one I, I, I <laughs> all right here we go here we go i want to plug my dear friends podcast. i hope i'm their friend uh phoebe richards who is going to be our next guest star her podcast is called stoner chicks and it's fun it's great a good listen. All right, thanks for tuning in. I think this is a good place to wrap up. Uh, this has been Just Hand Stuff. Would you like to plug anything, Kimmy? One business, one fun? Um, I. You can follow me on Instagram mm. at Kimmy Rutledge, K-I-M-I-R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E. And That's fast spelling. That was really impressive. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> um, and something I'd like to shout out. I'd really like to shout out Octopi. Mm. Hell yeah. I Just fucking love Octopi. Watched my octopus teacher. I know I'm like 10 years late, but excellent movie, and I really respect Hell yeah. Octopi. I haven't seen it yet, mostly out of fear that I will stop eating Octopi. Oh, I still eat them. Okay, for right now. <laughs>
I saw one of those like VR things of a pig slaughterhouse, and I still eat meat. You saw that? How do you? Wait, they have that in VR now? They tricked me into it. It was like, uh, it was like, do you want a VR experience? Put the goggles on. <laughs> and I was like, I'm in a, I'm in a slaughterhouse, like 360 view. And I was like, I don't want to be rude and take it off. <laughs> so was this I like just, a grassroots movement for? I think it was like a PETA thing. And okay. they were like trying to tell people to like to eat, you know, like more consciously. And yeah, I did see a pig get its throat slit and die. You're like, mm, I'm gonna go get some bacon. And then like after they were done, there's like they took it off. I just wanted. I was like, okay, I'll stick around for the presentation. If I'm a meat eater, I gotta. This is part of it. Yeah. And they're like, so could you eat meat less meat? And I was like, I guess. And then I immediately bought a hamburger, not because. Wait, of so it, but where I was, was PETA doing VR? Bellevue College. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Bellevue College. <laughs> Pearl, would you like to plug anything? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at P-E-A-L-P-E-A-L-P-E-A-L. And let's see. Uh, I've been learning Norwegian. And Ooh. it's only been like three months. Don't be so... like. And it's really easy. It's like the easiest language to learn if you know English. But my favorite word is uh, G-O. It's the O with the slash through it. Why? And it's pronounced goy. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good? It means fun. So like and it's so you are so fun is like do our soul goy. Yeah. Yes. And it's I just love it. And I'm love only that. saying that because I'm gay. Like otherwise I <laughs> That's awesome. Just get canceled I would like no that reason. to replace, you know, when it was derogatory, it's like goy. <laughs> fun. Fun. Oh yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You can follow me at Ragusto Richard, R-A-G-U-S-T-O Richard. I wanna plug the trigger warning with Killer Mike. I believe it's on Netflix. It's like a documentary series. It's really fun. Something I like to plug, I think, is like when you're really in love with someone, you know, and like you're just like lying in bed with them, the rest of the world is gone, and like you just have like that innocent laughter where like nothing bothers you. That's what I want to plug. Aww. Yeah. I haven't experienced it in years, but I'm, just, I'm a big fan it's of it. It's coming. It's coming. No, it's, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not bummed about it. You know, yeah. when it happens, it happens. Beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. The hand you a break is the catchphrase. Hand me a break? Hand me a break. It's hand me a break. Hand me a break. Hand me a break. Hand me a break. <laughs> I love you. Bye. <laughs>